0: Welcome to Lavender Sessions with Amanda, an Asheville girl with a Carolina mindset, encouraging others through life's crazy moments. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you know when my latest episodes are available. And come over to Instagram and say hi, at LavenderLouise. Hello. I still haven't figured out a good intro, (laughs) but then singing Hello. I'm thinking what I'm going to do is some sort of maybe a quote and then that way I won't sing it but maybe I'll sing the quote instead of just singing hello. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. We'll see what happens. Oh. Gosh. It has felt kind of crazy. It's been a week since I've done any recordings. Um typically I record every Saturday. I record a couple of episodes, and last week I didn't do that. I just kind of took some time away. It was Mother's Day, so I didn't really um, record or work on any email blasts. I just kind of relaxed and took in that time. Um, One big thing that I did this week that really lifted a lot off of me, I, at the beginning of the year... Created like a, a yearly plan, right? And it was broken down by months and by quarters. So then I knew what goals I had set for the month. I knew quarterly where it was and all of this. Now, this is the first time I'd ever done this. Um, normally I'll just plan out like a month at a time, but this was the first time that I had set some goals and left the months up there, like as months would pass, I would just leave it all up there because I'm like, okay, I just need to see the big picture. And I had recently realized that like I had not been sleeping very well. For whatever reason, I would just wake up all throughout the night in the morning. I would have a really hard time getting up and it was just weighing on me. So during one of my therapy sessions, I'm talking to my therapist about it and i said you know I've, i'm i'm such a planner in a sense that i like binge plan <laughs> okay this is a term that i have coined phrase i will sit down and like plan a whole week and be like yes i'm good for the week and then the following week i won't do it so i'm not i'm not consistent but i also will like plan weeks out at a time anyways so i told her Like I have this wall of goals that I see every single morning and I've started to use them not in a productive way. Like I will see them and instead of thinking, oh, I have this task and this task to accomplish, I see it and go, I'm never going to get these accomplished or look what I didn't accomplish in January or look what quarterly goals I have. How am I going to reach them? It just wasn't affecting me in a positive way. And she paused. (laughs) I love her. She paused. And she was like, take it down. (laughs) And I was like, What? (laughs) Right? She said, take it down. Why are you doing that to yourself? And I was like, You're right. Why am I? you know? And I just had kept these goals and kept this model as something that I was going to see every day and it was going to push me. And that did not happen. And it took until May for me to realize that the reason I'm not sleeping and the reason I'm having such a hard time getting up every day is because I have these goals that some of them I attained, some of them I didn't reach. They've definitely shifted. I've changed them a little bit, but they've definitely shifted since the start of the new year. And all it's doing is pressuring me even more to make sure that I'm doing recordings to make sure I'm reaching out, make sure I'm promoting, make sure I'm engaging, all of those things instead of the authentic, it's what I'm enjoying. And as soon as I took it down, and again, I love my therapist. She was so sweet about it. She's like, you can put it back up the next day, but you should just take it down for a night. (laughs) I think she was worried what was going to happen if if I took it down and realized it was all gone. So I took it down and y'all, the first night I slept so good. (laughs) It was like (laughs) eye-opening drastic change. I slept so good. And I just thought, oh my gosh, is that what has been preventing me from like feeling creative, feeling Tired, like overwhelmed, pressuring, all of the things was having these goals up on my wall. And the reason I did this model on my wall was because I had seen someone else do it. And so I thought, okay, this has helped them. This can help me. And while that is true for many things, and a lot of what I talk about on my podcast, just because something works for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. It doesn't mean that you are going to be able to work with whatever this tool is. It's all about trial and error. And I think with smaller things, I'm really good at being like, okay, I'm going to test this out. It doesn't work. Okay, that's fine. Let's move on. But when to me, that was such like a big project that I had worked on, I was scared to take it down. I was scared to take it down because I thought if I take it down, that means that I failed. That means that I'm not worthy. That means that I can never accomplish those things if I take down this wall. Well, and <laughs> so when I had to realize and talk through... Was that just because I'm taking down these goals, taking down whatever this plan was, doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define what my mission is. It doesn't define my values. It doesn't define how I show up. It doesn't define whether or not I'm going to be successful at anything. I had to really think about that. And when I did that, after the conversation with her, I felt so much better to take it down. And it was such a release taking these things off the wall and putting them, like I just folded them and put them in a drawer. (laughs) I wasn't ready to throw them away, but I put them away so that I wasn't looking at it. And it drastically changed my sleeping pattern. (laughs) So you guys, if there is something out there that you have been holding on to because you think you're like fighting against it, right? It's like, it's so hard to go with the flow, trust the journey sometimes because we think we know better. Right? So we pull. It's like a magnet, right? And we're just pulling away from that magnet because we're like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. When we release and allow ourselves to magnetize, to flow, to whatever that thing is, life becomes just a little bit easier. Just a little bit. (laughs) Which makes all the difference in the world. Because I have learned throughout these podcast episodes, throughout my community of friends, throughout my therapy sessions that I overpressure myself to the nth degree. And by taking those things off the wall, it like turned the pressure down 175%. (laughs) Like I was boiling over and now I'm like chill. (laughs) It's exactly what happened. So I am telling you guys, if there is something out there that is you keep trying and you keep trying and it is just it's not bringing that joy again Marie Kondo it's not sparking that joy take it down put it away just because you put it away doesn't mean it can't go back up or you can't try again but just taking it down pulling back a little bit trusting the journey that's pulling you forward is going to have dramatic changes So there is my soapbox on that. That let me up. And that's not even what this podcast episode is about. (laughs) But that's what happened this week. And y'all know I love to share that with you. So what I was thinking about this morning, um, I am wrapping up A Course in Miracles, which, tangent, this will be the first book that I have finished. (laughs) In a long, flipping time. Seriously, I am so bad about starting a book, getting into a book, and then getting halfway through and like I never finish. Like I couldn't tell you the ending of half the books I've read, just because I don't. I don't know why I do that. Maybe that's another therapy session. But I will start these things, and I don't finish them. It's it's an opportunity. But this is the first book that I have started, and I'm like forty-five pages away from the end it is so good if you have not read A Course in Miracles by Marianne Williamson pick it up it's worth it it is it's so good I have been trying to implement the little things that she teaches in there excuse me throughout the book about showing up in love and I know people are tired of hearing me say that like show up in love when you want to show up in anger show up in love when you want to show up when you're stressed out show up in love Like, I have to tell myself that, like voice it out loud, show up in love. Whenever I start to feel those other emotions, this book is so good. (laughs) And one of the things that she talks about is a favorite fairy tale of hers. And for her, it was some form of Cinderella. It wasn't cinderella exact but it's like the patchwork girl like the original cinderella story and so it got me thinking like what is my favorite fairy tale and when i have to think of fairy tales i i try to go back to the roots i try to not think of fairy tale as in disney version fairy tale (laughs) because it's not the real fairy tale and it always has a different ending right so for me growing up watching the little mermaid was like my thing But if you walk yourself through, I'm like, you know, as I see this, I'm like, oh, this would be a great episode. And so I'm like mapping it out. And what am I going to talk about? And as I'm walking through The Little Mermaid, Disney version, okay, first. Because I was like, let's just test this out and see what happens. As I'm walking through it, I'm like, okay, this is unrealistic. (laughs) Like there are some parts of it where she doesn't save herself at the end of the day, right? Like, that is the goal. Whenever you talk about a fairy tale, you want it to be like, the princess saves herself. That's my goal, at least. She doesn't save herself. She has a desire, right? She wants to be human. She wants to be with the prince. She gives up her voice. She goes through these trials and tribulations to be human so that she can be in love with this prince and she has help along the way. Right. And at the end of the story, you know, she, she tries and she tries and, oh, she finally gets to the point where she gets her voice and she can say, Eric, it's me. It's been me this whole time, but no, it's too late. Right. And she turns back into a mermaid and then they've got to fight off the sea queen. And at the end of it, right, they kill her. Okay. Sea Sea queen's dead. At the end of it, she's so depressed. She's so sad because now she can't be with her true love, even though she's overcome the queen. She's overcome the evil villain. And what sparks the change in her is her dad gives up his daughter so that she can have what she wants. Okay, And this is a nice story, and it's caring, and I appreciate it. And my dad done a lot for me, so I really appreciate that. But she doesn't save herself. She kind of gets there, but she doesn't save herself, right? It's more of an ode to parents, which I appreciate. So after I walked myself through this, I was like, you know, this is just not the route I'm looking for. This isn't what I'm going to do. Let me look up the real version of The Little Mermaid. Because I've read Hans Christian Andersen's version. It's been a long time. But I was like, let me just Wikipedia this and see what happens. That is the saddest story. I don't know if you have ever read it or um, wikipedia it, (laughs) if you will. But the original version of The Little Mermaid, she goes up it's the same concept she sees this prince and she wants to fall in love with him and so she changes her voice to the sea queen and the sea queen puts her up there and she doesn't accomplish something um then she will turn him back into a human i mean a mermaid does she turn back into a mermaid see now i can't remember she either turns back into a mermaid and dies or she just dies i can't remember but it's very dramatic and Part of the reason why she wants to fall in love with the prince and be a human is because the story tells her that humans have an immortal life in heaven. And so she wants that. Whereas mermaids apparently when they just when they die, they just die and nothing happens. They turn to sea foam, I think is what it said. So she goes through this whole thing. At the end of it, the prince marries somebody else because he thinks... It's the Little Mermaid. It's not the Little Mermaid. And she basically um, dies of like a broken heart. (laughs) But is somehow the gods see everything she has gone through and are like, oh, you need to be a daughter of an element. And so they turn her into like the daughter of air. Okay, so I know this was like a little sporadic, but (laughs) all over the place. It was also very traumatizing. And I was like, you know what? That's not the story either. That is not the story, even though I've told it. That is not what I want to focus on because that's not, eh, it's kind of scary. (laughs) So as I was like walking through my head, okay, what else can I tell? What other stories? There are so many stories that are very hard to pinpoint that I enjoyed growing up where the princess saves herself in any form of fashion modern day stories there are lots of them but just back then (laughs) there were not a whole lot it was very far and few between so what I did come up with I told you that story to tell you this story (laughs) what I did come up with was a song because I was like okay if I'm not going to talk about a fairy tale then what song to me has meaning that I listened to a lot growing up That I enjoyed. And that can get across kind of the same empowering message. Inspirational message, right? And for me, that song is A Coat of Many Colors by Dolly Parton. And I think when people in the beginning used to envision... Dolly Parton and who she was she was not seen as the same person that she is today whereas now we all know her greatness and how amazing she is but when A Code of Many Colors came out this was like one of her first um really big hits for that time and if you don't know the song if you don't know A Code of Many Colors it's basically I think it's a poem about how her mother They didn't have any uh, money for Dolly to have a coat. Her mother gets all of these rags. She sews them together so that Dolly can have a coat for the winter. And kids at school make fun of her for wearing this rag coat. And she talks about in the song how she never saw it that way. That the way what this coat represented to her was how much love her mother had for her. And when she wore it, she wore it proudly because she knew the effort and the love and the care that went into this coat. So as I'm thinking about this song and like singing it in my head, right? Other than thinking, God, Dolly is a bad bitch. That was the first thing. Second, (laughs) second thing. She's so authentic, right? That story that she sang took a lot to talk about because it is a vulnerable side and something very true and close to her. And I think many times we get into this thought of... I can't show who I really am because if I show who that is, if I accept who that is, then I will not be accepted or I won't be successful. We have a definition in our heads of what success means, of how we can be successful, who that is, right? And nine times out of 10, it's a very different version from the person we are right now. It's a person that we are striving to be. And we kind of forget a little bit about where we came from and who we are and what it takes in order for us to get to this point of success. And I think with this song, she makes us realize how important it is to remember who we are and to remain authentic and to utilize that authenticity for a better good, for a higher self. Because what built you is what is going to make you successful. Those little foundation bo- blocks. Can you talk? Foundation blocks. <laughs> Is what you stand on. Now it changes over time. It gets a little gruff. But. That is essentially. What has made you. Successful thus far. What has made you stronger. What has made you learn. How to handle certain situations. And I know. I forget. A lot of times. About that. Eight year old little kid. That just didn't care. And. Wanted to do things and wasn't afraid. And that little girl is still there. And it's just a matter of holding on to that inner child a little bit. I'm going to go a little psychologist on you. Holding on to that inner child and seeing how that version of yourself can best serve the version of you now. You don't want to forget about it. You don't want to forget about her, him, it, they. You want to still hold them and say, okay, how can I use you to serve my higher self to get me to that next step? What can I control? What of that can I push for my benefit? Because as adults, we have the opportunity To pick and choose what we take with us from that story. From that little kid story. From that young adult story. We get to pick and choose that. And that is so much power. (laughs) That is so much power to think about how we intertwine ourselves into who we want to be. Right? What our future self is. And all of the things, per usual, all of the things. Oh, You guys, I feel like we went to church on this one, I'm not going to lie. feel a little churchy today, but that's okay. If you guys made it through this much of the podcast, I'm so happy for you and so proud. And you're my true MVPs because this is going to be like a 30-minute podcast, and I love it. So this week, you guys... I want you to really think about what you're holding on to that you can release. And it might be something so small, it doesn't have to be goals on a wall, (laughs) you know, it can be a little thing. It can be a little token of something that you've just been holding on to thinking you're going to get to, or something that you keep pressuring yourself to do. And you just need to release that pressure. Just take it back a notch. So really think about that, that this week. Journal on that. Come over to Instagram at Lavender Louise. Let me know what's going on. Let's hash it out. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you on the next one.